0: Today on the show, there's been a three-month time skip in our news coverage, so we're here to talk about that hot, mm. dirty, mm. filthy, sweaty mm. gossip Ugh. brought to you on a day that feels very much like Arrakis here in New York City. <laughs> oh my
1: God, it's so hot. It's really fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> going to put on my still suit before I go outside. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Conserve that water and that
1: pee. <laughs> Specifically, yeah. That's All what right. they always tell them right when they're going out to the desert (laughs) hey paul preserve that water (laughs) and that pee (laughs) what still all right you didn't have to say jesus (laughs) weirdly like that (laughs) god Thufir is so fucking weird about pee Welcome to Jabbar, your guide to the iconic world of Dune. We'll be exploring the themes, philosophies, and characters found in the sandy depths of this vast universe, from Frank Herbert's groundbreaking novels to the adaptations on film and TV. My name is Leo. And my name's Abu. Oh, and today we're back on our news coverage we are <laughs> pounding the pavement gathering the details we got our bell in our hand and we are crying out That's... in the town square right is that a reference to something
0: that went <laughs> over my ye, head hear you uh, i don't okay. know i was thinking
1: 1920s i don't know when town criers
0: got fired <laughs> i see town criers are news to you because in my head we were five o'clock news anchors like on a normal broadcast
1: yeah breaking news tonight yeah. are your children safe no some of the things we're talking about are like three months old <laughs> <laughs> breaking news we are late to this story <laughs>
0: all right well before we get into <laughs> yeah. the not breaking news yeah quick bit of housekeeping folks yes regarding spoilers today no spoilers we won't be talking about any plot details from any of the Dune books. Indeed. So you are safe to listen to this episode wherever you happen to be in your Dune journey.
1: Amazing. It's true. And as always, a huge shout out to our Kwisatz Hatterack level patrons, Case Saken, Matthew Good. Gentlemen, mm.
0: the only panel of experts I want to see on TV news yeah. is the one discussing how generous you two are and how it's even possible for two human beings to contain such generosity
1: yeah we collected experts they all said it was impossible but uh (laughs) (laughs) here you are (laughs) defying experts thank you and thank you to all of our patrons who make what we do possible seriously (laughs) we couldn't put the time into this podcast that we do without your support so indeed
0: thank you you so much all right so Here's the game plan for today's news-focused episode. Right. We will be spending this conversation covering some of the news surrounding the upcoming Dune film, the Dune Sisterhood TV show, as well as some of the updates with where the Dune video games currently are, and what's new with the latest Dune books out there. Yeah. So our hope is to get you up to date on all things going on in the dune universe, and of course, along the way, share our own thoughts and analysis and bad jokes
1: <laughs> we literally cannot help it 120 something episodes and still cannot help it
0: <laughs> the jokes are still bad so before we jump in let's take a quick break but don't go anywhere folks because when we come back we're getting into this juicy juicy news indeed <laughs>
1: Welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed your break. Let's start off by talking movie news. Oh my gosh, the movie. Part two. Part two. So, happy to say, no change yet on the release date. So, as of this episode going live, 189 days left, but who's counting? (laughs) All of us, and also a Twitter account. (laughs) November 3rd, 2023 is still the date for the upcoming dune movie knock on fogwood indeed that that doesn't change yes that is the date despite the fact that some of
0: y'all like myself might have been fooled by those fake tweets on april 1st oh my god jokes where people were like dune has been delayed six months and i I lost
1: my fucking (laughs) mind
0: (laughs) wow my heart dropped right into my stomach the second i saw that tweet and then i remembered what day it was and i was like i hate april fools every year
1: you know, special shout out to, was it Robert? I think Robert Pierce posted that in our Discord as well. Just you to scare everyone Robert. in our Discord. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't deal with it. But yes, thank goodness that was just jokes. Indeed. <laughs> so to start off our Dune
0: movie news coverage, we want to uh, get a little petty along with David Lynch. Because <laughs> sure. yeah, in an interview with kires du cinema Uh, yeah some french publication or thing i don't know what that is but (laughs) in an interview basically david lynch has said Uh that he doesn't intend on ever watching denny villeneuve's adaptation cool in fact here is exactly what he said quote i will never watch it and i don't even want you to tell me about it ever
1: end quote (laughs) cool (laughs) What a what a great guy! What a lovely, oh, supportive gosh. artist who you know recognizes that sometimes you fuck up and make a bad movie. Yeah, but you don't take it personally, and you don't get weird and defensive and shitty about it.
0: Uh huh. Uh
1: huh. Oh wait, he's doing all of that. He's oh, doing strange. exactly that. Actually, <laughs> wait. <Yeah. laughs> now that I think about it, he's he's
0: being awful. Oh, right. Strange. Uh, very strange. <laughs> this also reminds me of. Jodorowsky, who we also talked (laughs) about his reaction to Villeneuve's film, which was a little more Jodorowsky in nature. He watched it and went, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember the exact quote, but he went something along the lines of, ugh, this is so boring and so Hollywood and not the weird avant-garde shit that I wanted to do. (laughs) That was his reaction, but at least he watched it and had an opinion on it. David Lynch out here is like, never bring that within 10 feet of me, which is just petty and kind of sad.
1: Also, like, I'm not 100% sure, but you know the like gas guys who like vacuum up the gas after the the um scene with <laughs> uh Baron Harkonnen and and Leto Atreides. Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. The the gas guys who kind of look like among us. <laughs> among right. us guys. Right. They look like the Sardaukar soldiers from from Lynch's, Lynch's movie. movie. Yep. So I'm like I'm not I'm not 100% sure, but it seems like villeneuve kind of tipped his hat to everything that lynch put together yeah and everyone knows it wasn't solely lynch's fault although knowing more about the movie now that we've talked about it at length i'm like five what is it five drafts of the script right and you still had my name is a killing word <laughs> 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 like couldn't do no couldn't do better than that right right wow Anyway, yeah. glad to know he's not interested in this fantastic movie we all love. Yes. Yeah. I now will be sending
0: letters to his home describing in detail <laughs> Denny Villeneuve's film.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, and great. one of
0: those letters will eventually get through.
1: The first letter is just scene one, <laughs> exterior. <laughs> <laughs> Ship arrives on Cloudy Planet. <laughs> exactly. It's just the screenplay in forty seven parts. He <laughs> sent like a thousand letters. <laughs> well, let's let's move on from that pettiness. Yeah. In a master class at Qatar's Doha Film Institute, mm-hmm. Jacqueline West, who, if you don't know the name, handled the costume design of Dune and will be doing the costume design again for Dune too. Right. Phenomenal work shared some really exciting words about this upcoming sequel. This is pretty recent. Mm -hmm. So she talked a lot about her work. Uh, She worked on The Revenant, if anybody's seen that movie, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio fighting a bear, is what most people remember. She also worked on The Killers of the Flower Moon, which is an upcoming uh, Scorsese movie. And then she talked about her work on Dune. Right, And talking about Dune Part 2, she emphasized that this movie, in particular, is a lot more labor-intensive than part one was. And here's the, uh, here's the direct quote from that masterclass. Quote, In part two, you really dive into the different worlds of Dune. We see what the Emperor's world looks like. We go to his planet. We spend a lot of time on Giddy Prime, the Harkonnen planet. We spend a lot of time in Stellan Skarsgård's Vladimir Harkonnen world. Fade Rautha Harkonnen also comes into this one brilliantly played by Austin Butler he is pretty fabulous in it end quote okay which hey yeah. that's pretty good mm-hmm. i mean i for one i i like that she specifically called out austin butler having a good that's just that he does a good job in the movie right <laughs> i've seen a lot of interviews with austin after he he won for elvis didn't he
0: he got the golden globe for it i think he won but the golden globe but not the globe. oscar
1: He was nominated for the Oscar, right? Didn't didn't win the Oscar. But won the Golden Globe for it. (laughs) He has since then sounded exactly like Elvis in every fucking interview (laughs) ever. (laughs) And he's all like, oh, yeah, no, uh, I'm not even doing anything with my voice. And everyone's like, you very clearly are. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, "No, I damaged my vocal folds. And they're like, that doesn't affect your accent. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) He actually like says, he's like, oh, I'm kind of stuck in the voice. And he told reporters at the Golden Globes, quote, I don't think I sound like him. St- Sorry. Uh, I don't think I sound like him still. But uh, I guess I must because I hear it a lot. <laughs> End quote. Uh-huh. And then there have been hilarious videos on TikTok and YouTube of people talking about like, it's Paul Muadib? <laughs> I'll defeat Paul. <laughs> Honestly? Paul Conley. I, d- I declare Conley. <laughs> I declare.
0: That's hilarious. You do a really good Elvis voice, by the way. Thanks. I've never heard you actor. do that impression. That's
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever done it. Wow. Um, props to you. <laughs> but it is it is very funny. And I I was a little worried that his affect from Elvis would like be a little distracting if it's at all present in Dune. Yeah. But it sounds like <laughs> she's not like brilliantly played except for the accent. She right. seems to be supportive, which is really great. Right. And her even mentioning
0: it makes me think there's perhaps quite a bit of fade In part two. Oh, yeah. Like why mention it if he has like two scenes, you know? Yeah.
1: So that's exciting. Even we spend a lot of time in the Harkonnen world, right? We spend a lot of time on Giddy Prime is the direct quote. Right. Fuck yeah. (laughs) That sounds great. (laughs) Uh, And then finally, she does go on to talk about the contrast that they're building between the different worlds and cultures. So she's saying we're going to see a lot more of the Dune universe. And then she talks about the contrast, quote. All the worlds get expanded. It was about creating three separate, different looking worlds and also revisiting the Beni Gesserits, the age old ones with these costumes that almost look like Egyptian mummies. I think it's visually stunning. The sets, the cinematography and the concepts. End quote. That's fun. Yeah. Good Lord. That sounds great. Now, coming out of that, having shared those things. Right. Abu, what are you, what are, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking?
0: Well, like I said, I'm very excited that she name-dropped Austin Butler in particular. makes me feel like we're going to get much more Harkonnen, much more fade in this film. Yeah. I'm also very excited by that second quote you shared, this idea of three separate, different-looking worlds. Yeah. That's a compliment that we gave to the Dune sci-fi adaptation. Yeah. For having really incredible, distinct sets. Right. For every single one of the planets and locations and giving them their own identity knowing that they're treating this locations and planets similarly in the film makes me excited to visit them and see them. Like, I hope we get to see Kaiten in the Royal palace and I hope hope we get to see the parts of Giddy prime that aren't just like the dark interiors where the Baron is taking a bath.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I want to see the industrial city.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I hope we zoom out a bit more on Giddy prime as well so we can see more of it. Cause I think as good as part one was it like, 70% took place on Arrakis and the beginning 20% was Kaladin and then the remaining 10% was just like small short interior scenes here and there right and so it'll be nice to get a bit more variation here in part 2 because the Dune universe as we know is expansive
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah what about you anything stick out from Jacqueline's quotes here
1: I mean I was thinking the same thing you know with the sci-fi miniseries we really it feels good when distinctive planets feel distinctive yeah so i'm really excited for that that's a that's a great point and i and you know i'm and i'm relieved that that's something that she brings up i mean as as a costume designer of course she's working with a very particular part of the overall look but for her to also shout out like man the sets and the cinematography is amazing yeah that's a fan of dune talking about this movie that she's seen already that we haven't seen so
0: right so jealous! I'm
1: <laughs> so fucking jealous, Jacqueline West. <laughs> that is your real name. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a good sign. And actually, I I think you're you're also spot on with. I'm excited to see Fade. I we've talked a lot about how Fade is very important because he is in many ways a counterpoint to Paul. Right. So to see him and to spend time with him and to have him played by this charismatic guy, Austin Butler, I think is going to be very exciting.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right. So the
1: last bit of Dune
0: movie news that we have is actually a bit tangential. Yeah. We've learned that John Spates, who co-wrote Dune Part 1 and Dune Part 2 with Denis Villeneuve, has been recently tapped to write the Gears of War screenplay with Netflix. Hey. (laughs) Which could be fun. Sure. I don't know if you're a Gears fan, but I grew up playing a lot of Gears as a kid. Oh, wow. Gears 1 2 3 the original trilogy some I mean, of my favorite games out there growing up I haven't revisited the Gears franchise in a long time I really never played anything past 3 but we are living in the age of the great video game adaptation weirdly enough yeah, last true. of us oh my god super mario brothers i guess
1: <laughs> i haven't seen it yet but apparently it's but fine. apparently it's pretty decent
0: yeah i've heard yeah. that too so we are sort of living in a nerd golden age of like the video video games <laughs> yeah. we grew up playing or even not even grew up playing but loved playing recently in the last decade or so. Right. Hollywood has taken note and has decided to adapt them. So here's yet again another example and uh John Spates is attached to the Gears of War project. Yeah. So we'll see what comes of it.
1: You know, it's it's one of those things I'm always curious to see, you know, and Dune part one we loved. Yeah. And all of my complaints were like things that weren't in the movie and the movie was already really fucking long. So like that's not even a valid complaint at the end of the day. So I loved it. I loved the first movie. I'm curious to kind of get a sense of John Spate's talents outside of the trio that he was working with mm. in Dune part one. Yeah. Right. Like he was working with Villeneuve. He was working with Eric Roth. So I'm curious to see. Okay. He's working on this Gears of War. How, fam- how familiar is it going to feel? In its writing and in its kind of pacing and all that. Yeah, interesting. That always kind of interests me because I I do have a hard time sometimes separating out, you know, it takes a village to make one of these projects. Absolutely. So when someone like John Spates is tapped to do something else, I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's going to feel familiar. And you're right that, you know, with Last of Us especially, just one of the most incredible and also arcane, right? Like people are doing game Arcane. Yeah, the right way yes. sometimes now, which we couldn't say 10 years ago. Right. So I don't know Gears of War even remotely, but I think that it is a popular franchise for a reason. And I think that all video games offer some real artistic narrative value that was not appreciated 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And to have a very seasoned writer, that's the right move get a good writer, get a good director because the problem in the past is you have like kind of nobody's working on these things because the studios right. don't want to shell out money on a thing they think is going to fail. Right. So putting John Spates on it, I'm like, "Okay, cool. Netflix is investing in this." Right. Good. So right.
0: it's like, "Oh, yeah. you just recently worked on an Oscar-winning blockbuster. <laughs> you want to <laughs> yeah. work for us?" You know, it's yeah, they're they're putting their money where their mouth is. Right. And it at least this news bodes well for the Gears project. But yeah. I couldn't agree more that a lot of creative work is a mix of many minds, many people, a whole village of creatives coming together and all of their energy and creativity and passion right. being blended into one delicious fucking smoothie, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the taste of that smoothie is a combination of all of those things. It is right. rare, very, very rare that a single person at the helm is responsible for the taste of the whole smoothie. Right. And so I, I, just like you will be interested to see what kind of team they build around John and this production to make this Gears of War film happen.
1: So kind of transitioning out of Mm. talking about the movie (laughs) and talking about the team that people build around a production. Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) Let's talk about the TV show. (laughs) So we've talked about this a few times, right? Yes. There's there's a TV show coming out, Dune Sisterhood. It's based on the Brian Herbert Kevin J. Anderson novel. It's going to HBO is the streaming platform it's going to be on. We started off pretty excited about it, you know, even though it's based on Brian Herbert book that neither of us are fans of. It's still more Dune, right? Like it's still Dune stuff. It's uh, it, I, I remember reading that it was meant to kind of fit into the aesthetic of Villeneuve's like established universe, right? So I was excited to. See more of that universe, which I think looks so good and feels so vibrant and fun. But it's oh, it's been going through some 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 tumultuous, some tumult. It's yeah. been experiencing tumult, to say the least. And we're sorry to say that that pattern of the fraught production timeline is continuing, and it is currently on pause. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the latest update with the Sisterhood yeah. series.
0: Yeah, one of the stars of the show shirley henderson yeah
1: one of the two leads aka moaning myrtle
0: aka moaning myrtle for the harry potter fans out there right has left the show has stepped away (laughs) and the director johan rank who is famously known for having directed chernobyl yeah the incredible show chernobyl has also left the production (laughs) so two huge exits from this production as they were getting underway. Yeah. And at this point, we're told that the whole show has screeched to a halt basically. Right. While they are looking for replacements for both a lead actor and a director. Yeah. Which is a tough look. Yeah. And in fact, we, we have, you don't have to take our word for it. We have an official (laughs) statement from an HBO representative reported by deadline. Quote, there are some creative changes being made to the production in an effort to create the best series possible and stay true to the source material. Johan Rink has completed his work on the series and a new director will be brought on through mutual agreement. Johan is moving on to pursue other projects. Additionally, Shirley Henderson will be exiting the series and will no longer be playing Tula Harkonnen, end quote.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So, it's been known that they were going to do multiple directors for multiple episodes. And I think the initial plan was for Johan Rank to do the first two episodes. I think so, yeah. And I know that they started production in November, but it they say that he completed his work. But <laughs> I was also like multiple times it's it's mentioned that, no, they, it was like midway through and there was a creative difference. Right.
0: And I and I imagine so much of that work has to be redone because one of your leads has now left. (laughs) One of the leads, you know, you got to redo all the scenes
1: that she was in. Fly everyone back to Budapest. You got (laughs) to you got to get back to work. And actually, in the same article, Deadline reports that, according to their sources, unnamed sources, Uh although production and shooting had begun in Budapest back in November, quote, Rank's auteur approach did not jibe with the streamer's vision for the series. And was a departure from the look of Denis Villeneuve's films, which led to his departure, end quote.
0: Interesting. So,
1: (laughs) opposed to the, like, he finished his work as planned, you know, we're good, this is, he worked on it, Mm -hmm. and his look was not vibing with HBO. Right. HBO didn't necessarily like what he was doing, so they, on a mutual agreement, decided to part ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure there's much more tea to be spilled behind <laughs> the scenes yeah. outside of what Deadline reported here and what their sources told and what the official statement is from the HBO representative.
1: Yeah.
0: But it it doesn't look good. It does not. It, it simply doesn't look good. I mean, Deadline also pointed out that sources close to the production said this, like, quote unquote, break that they're taking and filming right now. Right. Right was planned from the start.
1: Right, yeah.
0: But also others have suggested that actually, no, this break, this quote-unquote pre-planned break is a direct reaction to literally losing the director and your (laughs) lead actor, one of your two lead actors. Right. And uh, yeah, uh, again, so there's some conflicting reports as to the big why of it all, and I'm sure there's much more drama behind the scenes that we may or may not ever learn about. Yeah. But the gist is that... The production has hit a huge bump in the road and has come to a screeching halt at the moment. And uh, who knows where it goes from there. What are your thoughts on on the latest about the Sisterhood series?
1: Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think every good part of that statement from HBO sounds like damage control. Yes. It sounds like they are like desperately trying to maintain any sense of positive momentum, like a perception of momentum yeah. among the, you know, lay people. And then it sounds like HBO is also getting very directly involved in the artistic vision of the director, right. which is also not a good sign. We often see that being a thing that causes the director to not be happy with their work. And I think everyone's happiest when a director, like Johan right, has the freedom to do his fucking job and not be beholden to like, well, that doesn't look like Vilna. I love Vilna's look, but if he's going to deliver something that's incredible and like beautiful and different
0: fucking whatever. You also in a TV production, you also hire a director to do your first couple episodes on purpose because you want that director's DNA to establish the look and feel of your show. Right. Right. And then the other directors who hire on for later episodes or seasons, Then just follow a template that's been established by the OG. Right. So when you hire a well-respected, talented, award-winning director like Johan Rank, you are supposedly doing that on purpose to allow him (laughs) to establish the tone, voice, style of the show. Yeah. And not so you can box him in into a certain look.
1: (laughs) You know? It doesn't make sense.
0: That's just how TV productions work. Like House of Cards looks like House of Cards right. because David Fincher directed the first episode and established the look, feel, tone, pacing, right. and all of the things that other directors came in and followed the formula. So very weird that they're having creative differences with the guy that is supposed to establish <laughs> all of those things. Yes.
1: They hired a painter, and then he started painting. They're like, no, we don't like you painting." Um, it's like, oh, "Why the fuck did you hire me?" <laughs> <laughs> he made Chern- Chernobyl. Trust him; he's great. Right, right. He's so good. Very and also, true. here's a here's a so okay. So broadly, I'm still interested. I'll still watch it. I'm still curious. I want to see more of it. But yeah. it's my my interest is really <laughs> it's becoming more of like a morbid curiosity, expecting to watch this train wreck unfurl. Uh, but I'm almost thinking maybe we'll never see it. Maybe it'll never get made.
0: That's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm in the, exactly the same boat. And I'm also sort of of the mind that we may actually never see this show. It might just be doomed never to get off the ground. Right. And if it does, yeah, like my hype is at, at an all-time low and <laughs> dropping by the day. And I think, unfortunately, if and when it does release, I don't have high hopes based on this production. Maybe there's a miracle that'll turn things around. Maybe Denny Villeneuve will come in and direct the first two episodes or something. But those all seem like far-fetched things. This production seems like a bit of a mess and morbidly curious, I think you put it. And I think that's the that's exactly the feeling.
1: You know, maybe this will get axed. It won't happen. Yeah. And then with some headroom in the Dune IP space, right. we'll get some other, a new original thing.
0: I mean, they, they could find two young, handsome, Dune-obsessed yeah. podcasters out there, maybe. Yeah.
1: Maybe uh, throw some of that money towards an official Dune podcast.
0: Right. I, I mean, not even podcasts. Like, I oh. don't know. They could potentially hand these two young, handsome men a blank uh-huh. check. Sure. To create. Period. Period. <laughs> yeah. Create yeah, any yeah. Dune-related property for HBO that they want to. We, we've pitched our Dune HBO shows yeah. on this podcast before. I'd love to create one of those instead of whatever this mess is going to be.
1: <laughs> I've pitched like six different shows and they'd all be fucking awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, good point.
0: Just a thought, HBO.
1: Well, we're going to talk about the game news, the news about the video games, in just a minute. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. So, don't go anywhere. We're back with some hot gaming news Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA.
0: Welcome back, folks. Mm. Let's continue our Dune news coverage and talk about the video games. So at the moment, there are two games that we're keeping our eyes on. Dune Spice Wars, which is an RTS, real-time strategy game, that is out now in early access. Both of us have played it. And Dune Awakening, which is an open-world survival game. MMO game that has been announced, but is not out to play yet. Right. When it comes to Dune Spice Wars, things have been fairly quiet. We covered a lot of those updates in our last D-Strands episode. Not much more to say beyond that. Right. My gut feeling is they are prepping for like an official 1.0 public launch. Right. And coming out of early access. So things are probably quiet as they're getting ready for that. Totally. When it comes to Dune Awakening, though, the MMO that's still in development... There have been a couple of fun updates. They've actually been releasing regular, quote-unquote, Shiga Wire reels on their channels. Yeah. And these little videos, they're all like little 30, 40-second video clips, show what are potentially elements of the game that we can look forward to once we can get our hands on it. Right, yeah. Some of the like features or characters or locations that we might be able to play in the game itself. Right. Now, as far as when the game comes out and where it comes out, nothing official on that. All we know is that, again, it's an open-world MMO releasing on PC, PS5, Xbox, and that we don't have a release date. What we do know from the official Discord is that they're aiming to go into a beta testing period sometime this year. Yeah. So at the very least, we will get our hands on the game. If we can get beta access, we will be able to play it in 2023.
1: Indeed, which is super exciting. You know, game development can yep. take years and years and years. So having only heard about it, you know, not so long ago, I was a little worried that this would be like a 2025 sort of thing. But <laughs> it does seem like they're trying to kind of capitalize on this momentum that all of Dune is experiencing with Villeneuve's movies.
0: Yeah, for sure. So you and I both watched all these Shiga Wire reels and watched all the, yeah. all the footage that they released. I'm curious, anything that stood out to you from the minor footage that they've showed so far
1: yeah you know so there are eight reels and some of them are just about the dune universe they're like there are two moons on Arrakis, and i'm like thanks right. that's not <laughs> gameplay that's nothing to do with your fucking video game that's just planetary knowledge um i was like one was like muadib is a mouse i was like thanks right really this nice to been see that now. they
0: have the mouse in the game though fun
1: little yeah touch. that's fun a jerboa a little ar- Arakeen Jerboa. Yeah. So I-, I liked any of the things that seemed to have like direct relationship to gameplay mechanics. So they talked about building. You can build bases on solid rock if you build it on sand, sandworms will destroy it. I thought that was cool. The like underground villages looked really cool. Like just like the ambiance looked really cool. Yeah. I also just, you know, Enjoy the ornithopters, like the idea of getting a character and putting them in an ornithopter and like flying somewhere on arrakis fucking awesome. Like that's for me worth price of admission, kind of whatever admission is. Yeah, and then adding to that, you've talked about some crafting, some whatever that someone asked in the Discord. Will we be able to ride worms? And they said, as of launch, no. But we'll look into it once we've launched. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, that would be pretty fucking chaotic if you allowed MMO people to ride huge sandworms around the planet. Yeah. Can you imagine just the fucking chaos?
0: It it could be a fun, like, quick travel mechanic, though. You know? Yeah. That's true. Like, it it could be like when you're in the desert and you need to travel from one seat to the other, kind of in a World of Warcraft esque way where you, like, get on the Griffin and it flies you to the next location. Yeah. You, like, just get
1: on the local sandworm and it worms you to the next siege <laughs> it's the it's a worm stop. it's a and they're worm like stop, the right? next worm anticipated in 14 minutes Please <laughs> right, stand right. clear of the giant maw <laughs> yeah and somehow it's yeah. still better
0: than the new york subway and more accurate and reliable
1: somehow yeah <laughs> chance of dying on the subway actually lower if it's a giant sandworm yeah no it's a good point that would yeah. also allow them to make the desert truly huge yeah because like if you have the option to like run out into the desert and kind of do like an on foot exploration or they had a little, um, one man ground car, which right. is kind of cool. Like a little personal vehicle. Right. And I'm like, Hey, that's kind of fun. Means that you can cover big distances allows for the universe and the world to be bigger and more fleshed out to give players that mobility. So Completely. that's cool. I'm excited for that. And you're right. If the desert were huge, if Arrakis was huge, Something like a sandworm mechanic to get from Arakeen to Carthag, you know, in just a couple of minutes would be very, very cool. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm just, again, I'm excited whenever they're like, here's a ground car or there are day-night cycles. And, you know, right. these are villages, the exchange, you know, the merchant. These are things that I, I think will be in the game and I'm excited to see. Um, what What about you? Anything kind of jump out at you from these <laughs> these eight mini films? <laughs>
0: I generally agree. Like, it was fun to be like, oh, look, cute. It's the Moad Deep Mouse. They put that in the game. For me, the things that jumped out were more just like the small lore things that they're being fairly accurate about, which is fun to see. Sure, yeah. And my sort of approach to the game is very similar. I think I expressed this opinion in our last D-Strands as well, but I am not a big MMO player. Like, I never got into World of Warcraft as a kid, and I just, like, generally... Don't have the time or the patience for MMO type games. Right, but right. again, the setting of this game would speak to my heart in a way where I think I'd really have fun with it. And I'm certainly intrigued, but I'm going to hold out any hype until we see real gameplay. Because even these little Shiga Wire reels on their YouTube channel are just like stills from their pre alpha footage trailer that they showed. Yeah. So it's still not real gameplay, and it's still not even yeah 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 i'm I'm still not even certain that it's anything beyond just conceptual, like, oh, we built out a because it looks cool in this trailer, but who knows if that's what the marketplaces in the game will be like,
1: so it all looks very cinematic, like yeah. it all looks very like this is a one off animation, and not, right that we yeah, built for the trailer true. or something,
0: and again, you know games go through many phases of conceptualization that don't end up in the final game, but uh, I will withhold my hype and my judgment until we see like that first real gameplay trailer. Yeah. Um, but again, hesitantly excited for this. I am a gamer, and so it will be hard not to <laughs> have this on my radar as we get closer to yeah. that beta period.
1: I'll also say it's nice that so uh, Shiro Games made Spice Wars, but Funcom is a part of it, and Funcom also, you know, they have this official Discord, and if it's going to be anything like spice wars right spice wars went into early access and then immediately there was a channel for feedback and it was wild i mean people were, were giving really great feedback play like balance feedback and stuff like that yeah and then they were implementing that feedback very quickly mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it was cool to see how re uh, reactive the devs were in making the game good for the people who were playing it and i think that is always better than the alternative you know um Uh, Callisto Protocol was a game I played recently and I was so excited for it because I loved Dead Space, but they didn't let anybody play it before launch day. They didn't let any reviewers play it. And sure enough, playing the game, it was like, okay, this has good elements, but it's kind of clunky and bad. Yeah. So going into early access in some way, it allows them to like partially fund their game. It also does make them accountable to people playing the game. And if people who buy early access, who are going to be the diehard fans hate it, right? That's bad press immediately, and that can kill the project. Right. So I am glad for how they're handling it, and I'm excited to see more and then be able to offer, you know, as you and I are both like crazy Dune fans, to be able to offer our feedback in the Discord or, or wherever, and then hopefully be heard is is cool. Yep, completely. Well, that's it for gaming news. Let's talk about books and any kind of final miscellaneous little bits. Yeah. And this starts off, actually, I'm really excited about this. I think this looks fucking phenomenal. Uh-huh. On April 6th, we got word from Gizmodo, Gizmodo reported, on a new photo book called Dune Part 1, The Photography, hmm. which is currently available for pre-order and will be released on July 25th, 2023. And that the selling price is $60 at the moment. Right. Now, the book is a curated selection of... From the thousands and thousands and thousands of photographs that, and I'm going to mess up her name. I'm so sorry. I think it's Chiabella. It's like a very Italian looking name. C-H-I-A-B-E-L-L-A. Chiabella. James, maybe? Chiabella? Chiabella? I don't know. (laughs) Miss James. (laughs) The incredible photographer who actually shot a lot of the promo photography that we saw. Right. That first shot of Oscar Isaac with his beard and the armor that were like, the iconic sauce yeah. yeah, Fucking amazing. That was one of her shots. Cool. And so a lot of her photography is really beautiful. I've seen a couple of the samples from the pre-order page and it looks so good. It's kind of a, a, um, an accompanying piece to the art and soul of Dune book that they released about production. Yeah. We get a description actually from the Amazon page, the book quote, compiles the most compelling photos to form a remarkable visual journey that fully captures the unique spirit of the production, encompassing the epic vistas witnessed on-location shoots through to candid moments between Villeneuve and key cast members. Fine. quote. This sounds great. Yeah. And again, the little picture examples, I think, look absolutely stunning. Uh, how do you feel about this? Are you excited? You going to get it? <laughs> Th- this looks like a super fun
0: collector's item. And a cool look behind the scenes on a film set, you know, for a film that we love so much. Yeah. I don't know that I'll get it because I'm not much of a collector of sorts. And, you know, it it looks like a fun thing to have, but I generally don't collect things. Sure. I I don't know why. It's not in my nature. Maybe I'll talk about her in therapy next week. (laughs) Sure. But I know that you can't help yourself when it comes to Dune stuff. (laughs) And so I suspect you've already pre-ordered anywhere from one to 12 (laughs) copies of this.
1: You know what? I have been doing a lot of personal growth recently. (laughs) I've been really working on myself. I really, I will be ordering 12 copies, (laughs) but I haven't yet. (laughs) It's the best I can do. Uh, No, I'll probably, I will absolutely get a copy. Um, I also just love photography and I'm, and I, I do some photography and I teach photography sometimes. So like, yeah. To see some of this photography, which is so beautiful. And then of these cast characters that I now care so much about and in this universe, I'm just very, yep. I'm very excited. I'm hundred percent sold. Uh, nice. And so open note to anybody who's part of our discord, feel free to hit me up after the 25th of July and uh, I'll let you know my impressions.
0: For sure. If you want to get it. For sure. All right. Moving on from that, a very quick piece of news from Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> their upcoming novel yeah. called princess of dune is now available for pre-order by the time this episode releases the pre-order will be live you'll be able to uh jump into that if that's your thing i, I think it's pretty well established on the podcast here that we're not the biggest brian and kevin fans right and it's certainly not a book that i'll be pre-ordering but we want to do our due diligence this is part of the universe, yeah And folks out there might be looking forward to this. So that pre-order is live. You can get your hands on it. I think as far as my own thoughts go, I don't have much to say here except something we've said before on this podcast, which is would love to open up that property to other talented writers, artists, creators, Yes, and let them play around in the Dune universe.
1: Yeah. Literally profit share. You can still earn your money. Yes. You can still have your profit. You can still have your income. You don't even have to do the work. Just sell out the IP to other authors because it works for Star Wars. It could work for Dune. Yeah. I'm 100% with you there. Yeah. It sucks that, you know, this is a new Dune book and it's not more exciting because it's like talking about Irulan and I think Chani, I read the synopsis. It sounds Mm -hmm. like another book that he's trying to fit into an already very congested timeline right even okay hey brian kevin write a new dune book sure do it but write about something that's not the fucking cast of established characters right that you're then having to jump through hoops to make sure they're consistent and failing and writing them weird and and (laughs) not the way that frank wrote them (laughs) right this wouldn't be a problem if you wrote about the impolaros free book idea tell us a story about the impolaros that would be phenomenal Tell us a story about Portron in those early days. Leave out the machines and the robots. Right. <laughs> Just tell us about the fucking planet Portron. Yeah. Tell us about, there was that planet that the uh, Zensuni were on that disappeared. Tell us about that fucking planet. There are so many stories that haven't been told in the Dune universe that don't directly step on prime canon. Tell those stories. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. <sighs> anyway.
0: Unfortunately, I don't think that's changing. No, I mean, the most recent trilogy that Brian and Kevin have released, I think were called Duke of Kaladin, Lady of Kaladin, Heir of Kaladin, yeah. which are understandably about Leta, Jessica, Paul. <laughs> you know, again, prime characters that are already yeah. well-established by Frank and his stories. I, I think we've said our piece on that, but <sighs> yeah, again, yeah. that book and that pre-order are available for the folks who are excited for it. And don't allow yeah. our... Opinions, just two opinions yeah. to detract from your excitement if you aren't looking forward to it.
1: And listen, if you keep supporting us here in Gamjabar, we will eventually talk about that book. And I've made a personal vow to myself to be as nice as possible to those books when yeah. we start oh, reading open them. Open-minded. Open-minded. Because as yeah. much as I have my impressions, ultimately I do hear things about some of the books I haven't read that they're broadly good. So if and when we talk about Brian's books, I'll be civil- and I'll be open-minded for sure so if you want us to talk about that let us know if you pick it up and you read it and you liked it let us know yeah. it's always nice to hear and my understanding is they've gotten maybe better maybe who knows who knows but <laughs> what we do know <laughs> is another bit of news <laughs> well great segue thank you I kind of just said also here's another thing <laughs> as of early another april, great segue hey i'm killing it today i segwayed <laughs> twice to the same thing as of early april you can now get a deluxe three book hardcover boxed set Ooh. of the dune the first three books of dune right so dune dune messiah children of dune and good fucking lord Ugh. they're beautiful yeah <laughs> yeah if it didn't cost 150 dollars i would have already
0: <laughs> pre-ordered 12 of them you know
1: i pre-ordered <laughs> 90 of them <laughs> and to be clear the paperback editions that are in the background of both of our shots right well, now yeah actually look at the video
0: out, of this podcast yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Were are done by designed by jim tierney i think his name is mm-hmm. and phenomenal job. They're iconic, they're illustrative, they're beautiful. I love them. Yeah. I really do. I think these these uh these prints are just gorgeous. But this uh this new boxed box set hardcover is by uh, designed by Matt Griffin. Now, I remember seeing the hardcover of Dune, the first book, and being like, "Holy shit, that's incredible." Yeah. That's beautiful. The glowing blue eyes, the like intense silhouette. It's such an iconic looking cover.
0: Yeah, it really catches your eye on like a yeah Barnes and Noble bookshelf. You know, <laughs> I remember being at Barnes and Noble one day and just stopping yeah. and being like, "What the fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: do I need to buy that?"
1: Honey, wake up! A new Dune just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's the same book. It doesn't matter. I'll buy it anyway. It's no, beautiful. boo! Stop! You're blowing <laughs> stop. our
0: life savings. Yeah, I want to buy a house.
1: <laughs> no, we'll Too keep bad. renting.
0: Well, I need more Dune shit.
1: We'll build a house out of Dune books. it will be great. <laughs> <laughs> the best written house you'll ever live in. Yeah, but the, the these hardcover editions, in addition to just the covers looking beautiful, they're super incredibly designed. Like, they're bold. They're beautiful. And these deluxe editions actually feature, quote, iconic new covers, stained edges, stamped and foiled cases, featuring quotes from the, ugh, the litany against fear. Yeah. Fully illustrated end <laughs> papers, an illustrated poster on the interior of each jacket. End quote. Wow, that's a
0: lot of art, folks.
1: And I've seen again. There are pictures. There are previews. Looks incredible. Yes. I will, I will be buying it. <laughs> 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 it's just, it's just one of those expenses that um, that it, it takes me a second to hit the order button. Right, right. Um, but what do you think? Are you again not a collector? You've established.
0: Yeah, yeah that that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say, I do want to shout out Jim Tierney. Sure. I love, I have the paperback, the Ace paperback editions yeah. of Frank's six books, and I love the art that he did. Totally. And the minimalist, yeah. bright, flat look of it is such my vibe.
1: But it's textured. It's not boring. It's not yeah. yeah it's visually yeah. interesting, and, so. and there's
0: like subtle references to like Dune things yeah. and imagery yeah. that's very Dune. It's very, very, very good. So I do want to shout out Jim Tierney, but that doesn't detract from the work that Matt Griffin is doing for the hardcover books. They look absolutely gorgeous as well. And again, I was in Barnes and Noble and looked over, <laughs> and Paul Atreides' blue eyes were peering into my soul. It's really beautiful work. Yeah, uh, and he did really gorgeous art for the Messiah book, and for Children of Dune as well, the three that you get in this box set. I, again, not a collector, so I don't really have an urge to buy another copy of a book that I already own. Right. But these are definitely a cool option for folks who do want to collect or for folks who don't own dune but listen to this podcast <laughs> it
1: happens we get people who write in and they say i've never read the books but i yeah. like the movie and enjoy your podcast yeah so. for
0: sure yeah. so it, it's definitely a this box set is definitely a cool option for folks out there that may not uh own copies or just want to collect more copies of it yeah what about you any thoughts on the on that beautiful art that you saw
1: i mean the art's incredible i also just love the subtle like the pages are all stained the same color as spice mm. it's that kind of yeah. like turquoise blue which is just beautiful it makes them look really distinctive and right i don't again i i, I haven't really ever been a collector except for dune stuff so <laughs> it's unfortunate that all this expensive dune shit keeps getting released i also in the process of researching this episode discovered three different series of toys that i don't have any of and i was like mm, mm. maybe <laughs> maybe soon uh, maybe I'll give myself that as a birthday present or something. But in any case, I will be getting this. And uh, if you follow us on TikTok, because we're on hey. TikTok, it's Gamjabar Podcast, uh, keep an eye out for whenever whenever it delivers, I'll put it in the background of my, of sure. my layout, my little like TikTok background. <laughs> so keep an eye out in upcoming c- clips. But yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Again, I think yeah. these books, the words are all works of art. So why not make the rest of it?
0: Absolutely. And look what happens when you let cool artists play around in the Dune universe. It's almost as if case <laughs> and point.
1: HBO's like, I'm sorry, that doesn't look like a film adaptation. They're like, we didn't even fucking invite you. We're, this is a book. <laughs> even, what are you doing here? Who let? Did you leave the door unlocked again, Jeremy? <laughs> oh man, maybe that's the lesson for today's episode. Lock the door. <laughs>
0: but uh, lock the door. <laughs> Keep HBO out. Keep HBO out for sure. So that's where we're going to wrap it up today. (laughs) That's some of the latest Dune news in the past couple of weeks and months that you should be caught up on if you're a fan or if you just want to be in the know in the dune universe. Obviously, there is a lot of exciting Dune content to look forward to, not just in 2023 and not just stopping at part two, but beyond in 2024 or 2025, et cetera. It's never been a better time to hop on the Dune bandwagon, and we're excited that you're here with us. Hold it's on true. to something tight. This ride <laughs> ride's going to get bumpy. Yeah. But it's going to be a lot of fun on the way.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: Now, before we let you go, we do want to remind you of a couple of ways to support what we do here on Gamjabar and to keep in touch with us.
1: Indeed. First up, best way to support us, become a patron. Yes. Patreon.com forward slash Gamjabar. That is our really one of the main ways we are able to do this show so if you are able to become a patron please do you get cool benefits in exchange you get ad-free episodes which is great nary an ad to be heard for the <laughs> for the patron supporters yeah we have some weekly blooper clips and an invite to our discord server where you can bug me about all the dune shit i bought and get my my uh, my takes on everything I, I think sure. we're always happy to hop in and chat with people whenever they share memes and say hi. So it's cool. definitely. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun.
0: Another great way to support us is to get yourself mm. some Dune-themed merch Hey, from our store, com. Yes. Not only do we have art, but we have apparel. We also have mugs, but it doesn't stop there, folks. We have a beautiful <laughs> tote bag. Yeah. And so much more. So go check it out. Buy yourself something nice and support the podcast. Look at that. On the video version of this podcast, Leo is showing us one of the stickers you can buy from our store.
1: So cool. Looks good. Looks good. And finally, we love to hear from you. So hit us up. Send us an email. At gmail.com is the email address. We love to hear from you. Say hello, say hi Also if you've got questions, feedback, if there's news topics we missed,
0: yes let us
1: know. We're always happy to uh, throw in a throw in a new topic so let us know GamjabarPodcast at gmail.com Say hi, send us pictures of your pets, your favorite flavor of ice cream, your favorite <laughs> dune character you hope that Brian and Kevin write a book about <laughs> Whatever <laughs> whatever it is. yes, say hi our emails yep. are always open because that's how emails work
0: right right <laughs> but just make sure your email is consistent with denny villeneuve's vision yeah
1: we will fucking recast you as <laughs> yeah. the writer of that email <laughs>
0: yes we will halt the whole production okay <laughs> if you get too auteur on us in that email
1: yeah. you better not better, better not fucking not we're watching you johan rank tried to email us we <laughs> deleted it we blocked him <laughs> not even straight to spam no straight to trash straight to trash we said get your shit together. You thought you're you think you're such hot shit after Chernobyl? <laughs> <laughs> Try directing a real show. Like Dude. Sisterhood. <laughs> maybe oh shit. Maybe they, they, they said it wasn't consistent with the source material because it was too good. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. This pilot's phenomenal." The God book's damn. shit. Are you kidding me? You, <laughs> you can't make, make it this it, good, you Johan? You can make it w- way worse. Get out of here, at- Rank. <laughs> we not- didn't pay you to be good. <laughs> we didn't pay you to be good. We paid you to adapt this Brian book. <laughs> 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 We're aiming for a solid 6
0: out of 10, goddammit. What is this <laughs> 9 out of 10 work you've presented us?
1: A generous 6 out of 10. That's our goal. <laughs> That's our goal. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn damn overachievers.
0: How much did we pay him? Two. <laughs> well, friends, there is no real ending. It's just the place where you stop the recording. But this podcast is always one step beyond logic, so help spread the word of Mwadib and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to check out the other shows on the Lord Party Podcast Network on LordParty.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lore underscore Hardy. We're also on TikTok at Gamjabar Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, whoever controls the podcast controls the universe. We'll see you on the golden path.